hey, let's get a job. This week, we're talking applications and interviews with... My name is Corey Zuko, and right now I'm working part-time, but I'm about to start my first full-time job. That's awesome. That is like a really big start. When did you graduate? I graduated in May 2021. Okay, May 2021. Right now when we're reporting this, this is January 2022. That's a really long time. Yeah, I know. I've been I've been sort of unemployed for a while. I, I haven't been fully unemployed, though. I've mm-hmm. had a few small jobs here and there, but nothing big and full time. Like nothing negotiating vacation and benefits and stuff like that until now. Exactly. This is like the first career job. Yes, this is the job that is going into hopefully what will be my career for the rest of my life. Well, let me be the first to say congratulations. That is a really big accomplishment. Thank you. Thank you. I am very excited. I'm a little nervous, but yeah. mostly excited. Tell me, what are you going to be doing? What is what is this job that you're going to be starting? My job title is digital designer. I'm going to be working for a company called Red Ventures. They are located in Fort Mill, South Carolina, but I'll be living in Charlotte just because sure. Fort Mill and Charlotte are so close. But I will be working on a lot of their brands that Red Ventures owns and designing web pages for those particular brands. That's awesome. Was that what you expected to be doing when you graduated back in May? Not at all. Absolutely not. I don't think I had a set thing in my head that mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be doing when I graduated. I think I very much wanted to go into brand identity, brand designs, like maybe like more of a graph design type of route, which just ended up switching completely. And now I'm doing digital design work. But through, you know, after graduating and doing my smaller jobs before getting this one, I sort of figured out through that what I really wanted to do. Hmm. which is great. That was a really helpful thing that I ended up finding out. So I don't want to do graph design and I think I'm going to really like digital instead. When you graduated, you were focusing more on like a, like a generalist type thing is what you're saying? Yes. So when I graduated, I didn't really know what exactly I wanted to go into. Obviously my degree was in visual communications. Mm -hmm. So I had graphic design, web design, photography, and videography sort of broadly under my belt. I knew I really didn't want to do anything with videography. I knew I was very passionate about photography. Mm-hmm. I liked graphic design and I really liked web design. Those three were the ones I was really looking for. I think it took trial and error through different jobs and also just job searching for me to figure out what I really, really wanted to do. What do you mean by trial and error through different jobs? Were these little freelance jobs or were these full on hired jobs after graduation? After I graduated in May, I was still living in Columbia, South Carolina. I was working part-time as a social media manager for a local boutique, and I was also doing freelance work. And my freelance Mm -hmm. work was web design work. So through my social media managing and my web design work, I really got to see how I learned, you know, which type of work environment I liked more. And I found out that I did like working in social media, but it wasn't something I was that passionate about. It was something that I definitely wanted to leave on the back burner a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I wanted to explore other options, but without trying that social media job for a few months, I would have never known. I would have still been curious about it. What were you expecting the social media job to be versus what you were doing? Honestly, I think I expected the social media job to be a little bit more creative and I am not a content writer. I don't like writing content. With social media, if you are working like in that realm, you're going to have to be doing a lot of content writing. And that is just not something I was super interested in. 
And I wanted to be a little bit more expansive as well. And with social media, depending on what platforms you're working with, you can only do so much. Yeah, you're pretty limited by whatever the output is. Exactly. So you gave it a shot, realized you hated writing. And so you moved on to the next thing. Yes. At the end of the summer, I moved back to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is where I'm originally from. And another reason I moved away from Columbia is because my lease was ending. So <laughs> I was fair. like, okay, <laughs> um, I need to, I need to go home. Was that a tough decision? Uh, like, because if your lease is ending, it's either you got to make that decision of like, I'm going to stay in Columbia where I graduated for a whole, what, another year to sign a lease or move back home to your parents' house. It was sort of a tough decision, but moving back with your parents, there's no shame in doing that. I know so many people who ended up moving back in with their parents after graduating because the yeah. job market is pretty tough. So I was like, that's fine. And I don't have to pay rent. I get meals. It's going to be tough living with my parents for a little while, but I think the pros outweigh the cons of it. Was there a fear that moving back in would almost be a stunt in your career growth or reverting back to what life was like prior? Absolutely. I was so scared that I was going to come back home and I thought that people would look down on me, I guess, because I moved back in with my parents. But, you know, I took a look around and I realized like a lot of people are doing this and there's mm. no shame in doing that. And it's hard to get out on your feet right after graduating and everything if you don't have a job lined up immediately. It's interesting that you're saying you were self-conscious over the decisions you were making at that point because of how you thought everybody else was going to be viewing you. But the reality seemed to be that nobody cared. Exactly. I realized that, first of all, no one actually actually is really paying attention to what you're doing. And it took me a while. It took me a while to see that. And I feel like I just hyper fixated on that a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. And I was in my head about it thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this so-and-so from wherever is going to think that I'm not doing well in my career. And in actuality, so-and-so from wherever doesn't care at all. Yeah. Were other people that graduated with you landing jobs immediately? Some of them were. So I think it was pretty split in my class. A few of them definitely moved home and had jobs. A few mm -hmm. of them moved home and didn't have jobs. And then a few of them moved away and had mm -hmm. some jobs. So it was very split across the board. So you're back at home with your folks in Raleigh. You have realized that social media management, not for you, and you are trying out different paths in the things that you're interested in. So what happens next? First thing I did when I got home was give myself a break. The reason I did that was because I had been stressed out all summer. I was doing a freelance job along with my social media work, and I was just always constantly busy. It was almost like I didn't even take a break after I graduated. So I decided to take about a month off just to focus on myself, focus on my mental health, sort of get myself back in a mindset where I'm like, okay, I can be productive. I'm not going to be burnt out as quickly. After I took that time to focus on myself, that's when I started thinking about what I want to do, what kind of path I wanted to go down. And I looked at my portfolio and I decided to tailor my portfolio to what I wanted to do. And part of that included redesigning it. I knew mm. my portfolio when I had graduated, the portfolio that I graduated with was not something that, that I was proud of. So I decided to just do a complete redesign of it. That way, when I was applying to jobs, I present them with something that I truly loved and believed in instead of presenting a portfolio that I deemed as half-ass or yeah. not as good as I thought I could do. Okay. Well, let's talk about this portfolio. So you had a portfolio when you graduated, you had a, a class presumably where you did all your portfolio work. Why did you have to redo your portfolio? Because 
like my portfolio when I graduated, I thought it was fine. Like it was, yeah. it was fine portfolio. The work in it was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't so much as I wasn't proud of the work that was in it. It was the portfolio itself. That design was something that I identified with whenever I created it. I wanted my portfolio to reflect me in this current time. I just went a completely different route with it. Was the content that you were highlighting in your previous portfolio similar to the content that you were highlighting in the new portfolio and you were just refreshing the brand or did you rethink what was physically in the portfolio with with this refresh? Most of it was the same content. I did, I was featuring the same works in my new portfolio. And part of the reason for that is just because I didn't have time to make a bunch of new- Yeah, make a bunch of new stuff, sure. Yeah, exactly. So I was highlighting a lot of my old stuff in it, but I think the difference between my new one and my old one was I was able to narrow down what I wanted to do. That way I was able to highlight different things a little bit more. Was that a difficult edit to make? I mean, you were saying that you were really passionate about photography, pulling it out. Did you not want the future employers to know that you could also do photography? I left some of it in just so people could see like, hey, I'm a photographer. I can do photography if that's part of the job description. I spent more time highlighting my graph design and my web design work. How I did that was writing about describing the content, describing my design process through that. My web design page has case studies for each website. It's very much way more in depth than Mm. my other work. In the previous version, were you presenting the work in a case study format or writing? writing more about it or were you just presenting it and being like, here's a site I designed? Just presenting it and just saying, hey. Why did you change it? Because my professor told me that if I want to get a job in this field, web design field, I have to show that first of all, I know what I'm doing. I have to show my design process. I need to be very detailed in everything that I'm giving them. That way they can see that I know what I'm doing and not be questioning, did she just put this together? Like, I'm not sure how she came out with this end result. Showing your design process, I think is very, very important. That way employers know exactly what they're going to get whenever they hire you. Were you rewriting stuff for everything or was it more just like intentional writing? I mean, were you writing like case studies or lots of copy for photography or the graphic design stuff as well? No. And I think the part of the reason I did that was because I didn't really want my future employers to focus as much on the photography or the other aspects of my website. 100%, I still left it up there because I think that work is good and it shows a different side of me. But the in-depth stuff I saved for the things that I was tailoring my portfolio to. So, All right. So you got this kick-ass new website and you start applying for jobs. Uh, Where are you looking for jobs? Do you have a primary source that you're going to start searching? Searching for jobs is literally the most annoying and stressful thing ever. It is so hard. And people try to tell you, oh, like searching for jobs is like such an easy thing, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's hard. It's hard work. I use LinkedIn. I used Indeed. Another thing that I would say that I did a lot that actually helped, which sort of helped me land my job is network with people. Talk to people who you know are in your field, talk to your professors, talk to other students, students who have already graduated and sort of figure out what jobs are around in your field. And I would say for me personally, I want to work in an agency. I enjoy agency style of work. 
So I looked up a bunch of agencies in the location I was looking for, and I would just go down the list and go to their websites and see if there's job postings or see if there's anything that they were advertising. Interesting. So you were using places like Indeed or LinkedIn almost as a search engine just to find the names of these agencies and then just going to the agency pages themselves? I would use the like LinkedIn and Indeed as search engines, but I also would just do like a general Google search Mm -hmm. of agencies in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it would bring up this, this, this this and this and from there I would go to their websites go to careers see if I liked them see if they had something I was interested in and apply on their actual website instead mm. of using instead LinkedIn. Of LinkedIn yeah mm-hmm. did you find that you just got a better response applying directly through them instead as opposed to LinkedIn yeah I think so and I think usually when you apply on a company's personal site it goes directly to whatever kind of server or like email or whatever they're using versus LinkedIn, the employer has to go to LinkedIn and look through, you know, who's applied, all this stuff. I think it's a little bit more personable and it shows that you are exploring their website if you applied through their website. So yeah. You said you were networking as well. How were you networking? I did a few different things as far as networking. I talked to my old professors. Hey, like I'm very interested in working in this industry. Do you know people that are currently working? What I did too, is I reached out to a few people that I had internships with and I asked them, are you guys hiring permanent people? Do you know of any job openings in this area or, you know, in this field? And I sort of networked in that way, just trying to put feelers out and see like where I could get any bites. Were you worried that you wouldn't get bites or that like you'd be bothering them or anything like that? Constantly. Always worried that I was imposing or stepping on toes. I was constantly worrying for the past like five months, pretty much that I would not ever get a job. And I would just unemployed for the rest of my life and just living in my parents' house. Yeah. That seems like a pretty real fear. And I feel ridiculous saying it now, but I think it is such a real fear for people just graduating out of college. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. What am I supposed to do? You know? So these people that you're reaching out to, they were, I'm sure more than happy to be like, oh yeah, I know people. Yes. It was actually nice reaching out to a few people, especially one guy in particular that I hadn't talked to in like a year or two. And and the only reason I reached out to him is because one of my first internships was with him and it was a graphic design internship. It was interesting because he was like, I don't really know of any positions right now, but send me your portfolio. I'm going to give you a ton of feedback. I'm going to give you a ton of help and I can try and make your portfolio the best it can be for your applications. So That's even crazy. Wait, if, that was like unsolicited, he just offered that. Yeah, no unsolicited. Yeah. So like, even if you reach out and people are like, Oh, I don't know of anything going on. They still could offer you some kind of help in a different way. So that was a nice surprise yeah. from him. So you've got these people in your network that are giving you feelers that are helping you out with your portfolio. You found jobs that were through LinkedIn, applying to them through the actual websites. When you were finding these agencies online, were you sticking strictly to like, they say they have a job, I'm applying for it? Or were you applying for agencies that didn't specifically say they had an opening at all? A little bit of both. I definitely was applying to agencies that had job openings for something that I wanted to do. And even if they didn't have a job opening, I would still send like a little email saying, Hey, this is my name. This is what I do. This is who I am. Here's my resume and portfolio. Even if you guys don't have anything open right now, I would really appreciate if you consider me for future opportunities. Just sent that and then went on my merry way. It's always good to (laughs) to send something out because you never know something could come up that you weren't even expecting from a place that didn't necessarily advertise that they were hiring. How are you keeping track of all this? 
this is very dorky of me. <laughs> I had, I had a entire Google sheets mm-hmm. of every place I applied, the location of where I applied, like everything. It was all yeah. laid out in that. And I had like the links to like where I applied the job description, everything, just so I was keeping track. And that I knew like I applied here. If I don't hear back by a certain time, or if I you know, oh, you're even including like date applied date to reach back. Yes. Oh, yes. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, you know, I wouldn't lose track. And if I didn't hear back from someone or, you know, whatever the case was, I could reach out and just be like, Hey, like just checking in on my application to see, you know, what the status was. Yeah. And it's good to do that because companies are usually so busy and they have so many different applications that reaching out a few times isn't bad. You're not going to come off as pushy. They, if they don't want you, they're not going to respond. So yeah. what's the harm in reaching out and be like, <laughs> hey, ghost you no matter what. So might as well just like get in their inbox. Exactly. Is my, you might as well just harass them. Yeah. No harm, no foul there. How did you know what to search for? Cause like job titles are pretty nebulous, especially in in the web world. How did you know what to call yourself or what to look for when you were looking for stuff? I really didn't at first. <laughs> that, was, that was something that I sort of had to figure out and I had to reach out to my professor and sort of narrow that down a little bit. Thankfully, I had a class that taught us a lot about job searching. Okay. So I actually went back and I rewatched a few of those lectures. Um, oh, really? To, yeah. <laughs> to, you know, see if I was like on the right path. I was making sure that I knew sort of what I was doing. I knew that I wanted to be in the web design slash graphic design world. So I just chose digital designer because it sort of is all encompassing it. But if you want to narrow it down even further, you definitely could. As far as searching for jobs, that is really challenging because there's so many different job titles that could include what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And they're just calling it something completely different. Yeah. So I just use a lot of keywords, designer, graphic designer, UI, UX, web designer. I tried so many different things to see if I would get different results. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it would, you know, it would work. I would get different results from using different keywords. I would just say, be creative in what keywords you're using. As you're throwing in all of these keywords to kind of see which results pop up first, it's going to give you obviously a, r- a ridiculous amount of jobs to look through. And in order to sort through that, you got to find, you got to read all these job descriptions to see if that fits what you want to do. Was that an intimidating kind of read? Did you feel qualified that you would be able to match up with all of the jobs uh, descriptions that were coming up? Absolutely. It was so exhausting. Reading through all these job descriptions is so tiring. I just remember laying in bed half the time and like looking through all these job descriptions. And I was like, I hate my life. I just want jobs so bad. I'm so tired of reading all this stuff about all these different jobs. What's one of the job Uh, description things that like, if you just would be so happy to never see this job description again, was like one of the key ones that you're like, ah, fuck this. WordPress. Mm. Every single company is just looking for a WordPress designer. And that's great. Like if you have WordPress experience, I didn't have WordPress experience going into you know, the whole job search and everything, just because I didn't have the opportunity to learn WordPress. I'd use other platforms. Like I knew how to do HTML, CSS, all that. I just had never used WordPress. Mm -hmm. And if I see the word WordPress one more time, I'm going to (laughs) puke because I just, I can't. Yeah, you're just done with it. I'm done with it. When you're reading through these job descriptions, were there any things that would immediately light up either a green flag or a red flag based on what you were reading? 
the jobs who actually put time and effort into their job descriptions are typically going to be the most interesting or the most exciting. Because I wanted to work in an industry where I was always going to be sort of on my toes a little bit and mm-hmm. like excited about the projects I was working on and everything. And a lot of jobs use very standard job descriptions. They're not very personalized. Mm-hmm. You don't get a feel for the company through the certain job descriptions. And thankfully, the job that I have now, the job description that they used was exciting like they highlighted the company's personality through it which was great because i'm interviewing the company too you know it's a two-way street that definitely made me more inclined to apply now in these job descriptions did you feel that everything they were listing like the ones you were applying for were you just like i can do everything on this and you were like cool apply or did it come to points where you're like i know like two out of ten that they're asking for let's apply anyway Literally, I was doing that. I was, oh. I was like, I like, there were some jobs I definitely was like, oh, I can do all this, like, no problem. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of jobs too where I was like, I don't know how to do half this stuff. I'm going to apply anyway, <laughs> just because you might as well shoot your shot. And also, sure. a lot of times when they are, you know, companies are making these job descriptions this is like preferred things. They would prefer if someone can do this, 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 and this. But if you can only do like this, this, and this, but are willing to learn the last two or three, then that is still like a win in the company's eyes. They're still going to give you attention. They're still going to, you know, pursue you because sometimes companies that they're asked are a little bit ridiculous, but you just graduated college. I don't know how to do all 85 of these different programs. <laughs> I know Adobe and like two others and that's it. As you were reading through these job descriptions and you were seeing like common things that they were asking for out of their 85 things that they were requiring, did you ever sit and wonder like, well, shit, maybe I should kind of pick this up while I'm sitting here doing this? Yes, absolutely. WordPress was definitely one of those. Unfortunately, I still don't know WordPress. (laughs) That's because though I decided to learn a few other programs that were, I felt going to be a little bit more useful. So during my job search, which was over a few month period in my downtime, I also learned how to use Sketch and Figma. Mm -hmm. And those are more so web design slash like prototyping programs. Specific Um, to what you wanted to do. Exactly. They were specific to what I wanted to do. A lot of the companies Companies that I was applying for and a lot of the job descriptions said like, hey, we would love for you to know Sketch or Figma or both. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I didn't learn this in school. That's fine. I can self-teach myself. And because I self-taught myself both Sketch and Figma, that's actually how I landed my job I'm about to start. Like a thing where you're just like, and by the way, I can teach myself. And they were like, oh, dang. I actually did highlight that in my interview. Did you? Okay. And they were okay. like, really? And I was like, yeah. The design project I had to do for them, I chose to do in Sketch. And they reviewed the design project and everything and I threw and I was like oh by the way like I self-taught myself sketch and they're like dope like that's great (laughs) nice that's awesome that's cool all right before we dig into your actual interview so you're spending a couple months applying for jobs go ahead give me the number how many jobs did you apply for okay so I did like a rough count roughly 60 I applied to roughly 60 ish jobs Mm -hmm. so how many did you hear back from I would say maybe like 40 ish but that is including automatic nose i would apply and then they would like email back like two seconds later be like unfortunately blah 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 i'm like are you serious i didn't no one has even read my my resume yet like wow that's uh that's a little harsh is that just being like auto rejected through whatever ai is reading the resume subscription or something like that Pretty much. It's like not, I didn't have enough keywords or something to Mm. register in the system. So they were like, "Mm, nope. Did you ever end up editing your resume per job to add in those keywords or were you just like, I don't have time for that. We'll find a job that isn't that. 
I absolutely did. I actually kept a few different resumes on file, just tailored to different types of jobs. Mm -hmm. So when I first started my job search, I was applying a little bit in the social media world just because I was like, maybe I'll, you know, I've done it before. I'll get a few bites and like, I can like work in this interest, like this field for a little bit and like, it'll be fine. So I had a social media resume that I sort of tailored to that experience. I had a web design resume, I sort of tailored to that experience. Then I had like a graphic design-ish type of one. And each one I like listed different people as my references. My job experiences were a little bit different and my skills that I listed, not all of them were different, but I include different ones based on which field I was applying into. Just kind of organizing them to make more sense based on the flavor of job you were applying for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like to tailor them a little bit to whatever job description. All right. So you got 40 no's along with heartbreaking immediate no's. How many did you get positive replies back? Yeses entailing, yes, we want to interview you. I got, I think, 11. Okay. And okay. 11 is including, this is over like, you know, a few month period. So I started applying like the last two-ish days in September and I was applying all the way up until December. I'm guessing the yeses were not as automatic as some of those automated no's. No. And I, one thing I will say about that is that it really depends on what kind of company and how large the company is mm. um, that you're applying to. So I found that the smaller agencies I applied to that had 15 people to 70 people or however many, like a way smaller scale, mm-hmm. they would get back to me a lot faster than these large, huge companies. And the job that I landed right now was actually, I think the third job I applied to, but they didn't get back to me until almost two months after I applied. So they were like a late September, early October and didn't get back to you till late November, December time? Yes. Yeah. They didn't get back to me. I don't think until late November and I applied to them October 1st ish or something like that. Had you just kind of given up hope on them or were you just not even focused on it unless somebody sent you something back? Absolutely. I gave up hope. I was like, there's no way. (laughs) I like, I sort of just like push it out of my head. And it's funny too, because this was a company I'm, I was extremely, extremely interested in as time went on. I sort of just like gave up because I applied to two, two jobs there. Mm. I got rejected from the first one. You know, you they're the rejection like, letter and you're like, eh, they probably meant both. Yeah, exactly. He's like, <laughs> we regret to inform you that we're not going to continue on with anything. Yeah. You got these 11 yeses. Were they all interviews or were they just like, hey, how you doing? Yes, they were all interviews, but it really just depends on who you're going to be interviewing with. For the smaller agencies, I it was sort of an immediately jump right into interviewing with whoever you would be working with or the graphic designer there or some kind of director or something. But mm-hmm. the larger companies I interviewed with, I started out talking to a recruiter. And then if I got past the recruiter, then I talked to, you know, a lower level designer mm-hmm. all the way up until older designers, directors, all of that. With the interviews, were these in-person or virtual? They were all virtual. And I think that was because of COVID. How were the interview processes? Were you nervous about them? Did you feel prepared for them? Did you, did you prepare for them? Or were you just kind of like, let's wing it, let's do it? I prepared heavily for them at first. And I think part the main reason I did that is because I was very, very nervous the first few interviews that I did. And also I didn't want to sound like a complete idiot in my yeah. interviews yeah. either. And it had been a while since I had done a, an actual interview. It probably like, you know, nine or 10 months. So I did prepare a lot. I Googled a bunch of interview questions, sort of prepared answers for them, making sure that I, my answers were really well-rounded and well-encompassing. Mm-hmm. especially if they ask the question like, oh, what are some of your faults 
or something. Mm. I would like design the answer in a way that I would talk about my faults, but I would include, this is how I combat that. This is yeah, how yeah. I improve on this just to highlight, you know, I'm, I'm aware of these weaknesses that I have, but I do find ways to improve off of sure. them. What yeah. did you say was your, your go-to fault? It was a tie between not being detail-oriented and imposter syndrome. For the detail-oriented one, it was like pretty easy how I like combat that. I just said that I did a lot of list making mm-hmm. and I did a lot of double checking on the list and making sure I was going down the list and including every single detail and everything. So yeah. that was a very easy way to combat that. The imposter syndrome, which I didn't really pull out that often, is a little bit harder yeah. because- it highlights more so on like doubting your work sure um, as a whole so but i feel like that's yeah. a great weakness because everybody has imposter syndrome like it's such a relatable one yeah and i will say when i did pull out imposter syndrome i think i pulled it out during the interview that i did for the current job I have. And mm. the guy that was interviewing me absolutely loved it. He was like, wow, that's like honest. Yeah, like, it know. is honest. Like it's a really, um, I don't know, vulnerable answer. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Did you have to do any tests for anything or were they all just talking to people? I did a ton of tests for a ton of companies. Most of the time when you are applying into a creative position, they will ask you to do some kind of test just to make sure like you have the skills. Even though you have a portfolio, you have all this other stuff saying that you can do it, including your resume, references, all of that. They will ask you to do some kind of skills test just to see like, hey, are you going to be a good fit? Do you know what you're talking about actually? In total... I did six or seven tests. What would the tests typically be like? I think it it depends on the job. Mm -hmm. So for a graphic design job that I was applying for and interviewing with, I had four hours to design five or six different things that they would typically (laughs) ask for, um, you know, in a brief or any kind of project that they were working on Mm -hmm. in the web design field, I did a lot of homepage design mm. and design for mobile, practicing more of the UI, UX. Mm-hmm. And then some of them are also like assessments, multiple choice tests or essay type tests, but those I think are typically less common. It's usually, you know, creating something and seeing if they like it. When you were doing these tests and creating them, were they like in a vacuum or, I mean, they're obviously at home. Did you just do them by yourself? Did you reach out to people? Do you think they minded if you reach out to people? See, I didn't really ask any of those questions. I don't mm-hmm. think they minded reaching out to people because, you know, most creative jobs are very collaborative. Sure. I don't think it was, it's the reaching out as long as the work is still yours. And you still put in that time and you create it. And I think reaching out for advice isn't a bad thing at all. Let's talk about the job you do have. So you're interviewing for them right now and you are doing a web design test. The design test that I had to do for them was basically a homepage design. And it was for not one of their brands, but a brand that was similar to one of their brands. And they wanted to see how I designed it. Would it fit in with the current branding of that website? They sort of wanted to see all the steps. When I got the test emailed to me, I had five days to complete it, mm-hmm. which was really nice because a lot of the tests I've been given have been like timed. Mm-hmm. So five days was great. And they give you a creative brief. So they basically are like, this is what we want you to include in the homepage. This is sort of like your guidelines. Here's some co- like copyright and that's it. Everything else is pretty much up to you. I spent 
all day for five days designing for this company just because I it was very important to me and I was like I have to do well on this like I need yeah. to do as well as I possibly can on this design test so you spent the five days doing this you sent it to them and they said cool come on in for round three four interviews so how it like worked for this particular company is I sent in my resume and everything then I got a call with the recruiter Mm-hmm. hit off with the recruiter. And then he was like, well, I'm moving you on to the next level. Here's the, the design test. Well, can I ask you real quick about the recruiter discussion? Yeah. Because the recruiter is obviously not who you're going to be working for. When you're talking to the recruiter, is it about specific things for the company or is it just like making sure that you check a couple boxes to be able to move on to the next thing? It's a little bit of both. Obviously, the recruiter only knows so much about the like whatever field that you're going into. And most of the time, the recruiters are recruiting for multiple different kinds of positions. Mm. So they won't ask you too in-depth questions. Or if they do, like at one time, I was talking to a recruiter and I was asked about my knowledge of HTML and CSS. They send your answers to other people to see mm-hmm. if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, if you're not to like, making shit up. Yeah, exactly. To like double check everything. Yeah. But uh, most of the time, a recruiter is talking to you to make sure you're checking off the boxes for the company, that you have it together, that you're not some like crazy person. You know, you can function in a work environment and to see if you would be a good fit for that company. Okay, so you've uh, successfully proven that you're not a crazy person. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> you haven't fooled. Is that point that you get sent to the next level person or are you tell me about the process? It's different, I think, for every single company. For one company that I was talking to that it started with a recruiter, I talked to a recruiter and then I talked to the next level people up. So it was two women who were in charge of the web design, mm-hmm. you know, section of the company. And then after that, I got a design test sent to me. And then after the design test, I was able to talk to directors. And for the current company that I I am about to start my job for, I talked to the recruiter, then got sent the design test. And then after the design test, I sent it in and it pretty much goes through judgment. (laughs) And so, yeah, like someone reviews my design test and basically you like says like, yes or no. Did they review it with you present? Yeah, I get it. Thank you for sending it. And then nothing. Oh God. And this was over Thanksgiving too, when I sent it. And uh-huh. I was just sitting there for almost two weeks, just like not knowing <laughs> if, I, if I was moving on in the process. I was like, did they forget about me? I can only just like, imagine that Thanksgiving gone? dinner and be like, Corey, what are you thankful for? Nothing. Uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. It's like, I'm stressed out right now. I'm waiting yeah. for this company to like hit me back up. And I just, you know, I'm miserable. So I sent it into them radio silence for like a week. And mm-hmm. I think it'll, you know, the process will definitely be faster if you're not applying near holidays or something, but I happen to be applying in the middle of holidays. Once I got that response back, a different person reached out to me. And this was a higher up type of person in the company. I was like, hey, your design test looks great. Like we want to interview you. And that's when I got sent my interview itinerary. (laughs) (laughs) Was this one your first itinerary? I had gotten sent an itinerary, quote unquote, from another company. And it was just like two interviews, you right. know, back to back. This company sent me five interviews <laughs> back to back. They're like, oh, this is going to be three hours. I was like, yeah. are you serious? I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I did not yeah. know that I was going to be interviewing with five different people. Like the interview process was going to be this extensive. So I, mm. I prepared a lot, <laughs> made sure that I sort of knew what I was talking about. And I 
interviewed with all five of those people. And by the end of it, they were like, okay, like we'll get back to you. Mm. And then nothing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I sat around for a while. It's funny because I was actually interviewing with a different company at the time too. Oh. And I got an offer from them and, you know, I wanted to work at Red Ventures and I hit them up and I was like, Hey, I just got an offer. If you guys want to work with me, like, I really want to work with you, but I need to, you know, I, I need yeah, to know yeah. what's going on. I don't know what's happening in the interview process. And they responded really quickly and they're like, Hey, we actually have one more person for you to interview with. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm on like my seventh interview. This yeah. is my seventh interview with these people. I interviewed with the last lady. She was a director, like someone extremely high up in the company. And yeah. she was great to talk to. I had an amazing conversation with them. Yeah. Five minutes after that interview, I got an offer. So you got an offer from company B and that basically triggered that you had to let company A know like, hey, I know we're going through this gauntlet of interviews, but I have a timetable now. Was that weird that you were basically like, you guys got to make a decision because I have an offer? Yeah, I will say I was a little bit scared doing that, even though I had to, like it was something that like I needed to do, especially because I was so interested in that position at that mm -hmm. company. But if you are on a timetable, there is no harm or shame in being like, hey, I need to know pretty quickly because yeah. I just got another offer. That's very much a thing that I think companies are used to. That happens a lot with people. Yeah. yeah, it's just business. Yeah, exactly. Had company B given you like a deadline to give them an answer? Company B gave me about five days okay. to let them know. So mm -hmm. it was sort of crunch time a little yeah. bit. Like five days seems like a while, but in like business world, five days is like no time at all for them. So it was pretty quick turnaround mm -hmm. for them to let me know like, hey, like we want you to talk to someone else. Okay. So then you talked to the director. They immediately turned around and said, we want you relief. When the recruiter called me and he offered me the job, I told him, I was like, I could scream. He's like, you should scream like right now. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> he like, he was fully for me, like yeah. screaming on the phone to him, um, <laughs> which is like pretty much one of many things that, that like I knew I was like, oh, I know I'm going to like this company because yeah. the yeah. recruiter is giving the same energy that I have right now. Did you scream? No, I was in like an office. <laughs> So I couldn't scream, but I was jumping around. Like I was like, you know, partying a little bit Yeah, yeah. just by myself, but nice. no, I didn't scream. That would have been probably bad. Yeah, probably been fine. It's not like you're working for that company anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So then you get this offer. How, how did negotiations go? Did they? They offered me and I was like, cool, I'll take it. So there's a, there's a few different reasons why I just accepted it. Mm -hmm. First of all, the second offer that I got was substantially better than the first, mm -hmm. um, which was another reason why I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this is such a great offer. And then another reason is because their salaries are non-negotiable. Mm, it just is. Yes. And I asked, like, you know, I asked a lot of questions and that's like one thing that I would say to do is definitely ask all the questions you can about benefits, about salary, about everything, and don't be shy about it. And I was a little bit shy about it, but that's part yeah. of the job. You have to know. How did you know what questions to ask? And this, it was like sort of out of my realm. Like I didn't really know. I was like, what questions should I be asking? Is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I honestly ended up reaching out first of all to my parents. I reached out to my professors and I was like, Hey, 
is this typical for an entry-level job? Yeah. What questions should I be asking? Is this, you know, are these benefits good? Could they be better? So I ended up asking all those questions to my recruiter and the recruiters, they're all super great about it. That's their job is to help you out and to like tell you what is going on with your offer and everything. But basically through all those questions, I like got a little bit more details about the benefits and everything, as well as knowing that, oh yeah, my salary isn't negotiable. I can't negotiate. I definitely can improve my salary, get promotions and whatnot, but as of right now, it's just a baseline. So you accepted. How was the email to let company B know that you were passing? Oh my gosh. I wasn't an email. It's a phone call. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Did you email like, we need to speak on the phone? No, I sort of got like not guilt tripped, but I like felt bad because I was like, it would be more professional if I called them, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, it is just business. It's not like a personal thing at all, but I did feel really bad. And the girl that I talked to, the recruiter, she was very understanding, but she was like, that sucks. I was like, I'm sorry. It was, it was like, in the end, it was fine. It wasn't super awkward or anything. It was just mm-hmm. only like moderately awkward. <laughs> well, congratulations. Uh, when are you starting? February 8th is my start date. Well, everybody uh, raise a glass to Corey on <laughs> February. We'll all scream and shout in our own cubicles. Thank um, you. I am uh, intimidated and scared, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, officially starting the next chapter of your life. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes because I feel like it's going to be a really big learning curve, but I'm, yeah. I'm ready for it you know, I'm moving and starting a new job all at once. So it's going to be like a lot of change immediately. All right. Well, let me wrap this up by asking, uh, Corey, what would you change about the application process that you, like, if you could tell yourself over, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I would, I would be way more patient because Mm. I feel like I was so impatient throughout the whole process and it just amped me up and made me way more anxious about everything. And if I was just a little bit more patient and a little bit more, you know, calm about the situation, everything fell into place. It just Mm. takes time. And I don't think I realized how slow of a process it would be going into all of it. So if you could go back to when you were in college Is there anything you wish you would have done that would have prepared you better for the job search? I think, okay, this is like multiple part answer. The first thing I would have done is take more advantage of my professors, if I'm being honest, just Mm -hmm. ask them more questions be up in their office hours all the time, which I feel like I already sort of was (laughs) anyway. I was like one of those people that was always in their office hours, Mm -hmm. but learning from them and like not just like in a stereotypical like classroom setting, but asking them all these questions that they probably aren't going over in class, not Mm -hmm. about the coursework, but about working in this field in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can learn so much from talking to your professors or talking to older people in this field. And number two is just spending as much time as I possibly can on my portfolio. Mm. And I did spend a lot of time on my portfolio. And I'm not saying that I wasn't proud of the one that I finished in college. I think definitely any spare time that you really have, like within reason, spending time improving your portfolio, because that is the key. That's the key to getting a job is making sure that you have a amazing portfolio. That is the thing that gets you the job. I mean, exactly. Yeah. 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 What's something that now that you've checked off the, I have a job part of your bucket list, what's something you're looking forward to in the future? Um, decorating my new apartment. (laughs) I'm excited. I like, I'm literally right now sitting in my 
childhood room <laughs> and it's mint green mm-hmm. and i just i'm like yeah i need to get my own space and decorate everything the way i want and like you know start this next chapter of my life so i think that's the next thing yeah that i'm excited for yeah that's that's uh, that's totally fair absolutely uh cory thank you so much for uh talking with me this has been an absolute joy thank you so much for having me and uh good luck out there Today's episode was edited by Kelsey Worthington. I'm Jason with the Visual Communications Department at the School of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of South Carolina. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week.